You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Your mother was a hamster, and your father smelt of elderberry! I am your father. Welcome everyone to episode eight of Sharp Angles. Um, I guess we're just gonna go right into it. We had tons of pre-roll that you probably won't even hear, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we're which is unfortunate for you, just yes. for the record. It was amazing. Yes, yes, and Jeanette and I are trying out for American Duos. <laughs> yes, exactly. Totally yeah, going all the way. All the way. We're going to the finale. We're taking it home. <laughs> so. Uh, so yeah, I guess you know to kick things off. Um, yeah, I'm one of your hosts, Rich, Danae, Jeanette, and um, yeah, we're here to talk about some Captain America: Winter Soldier today. And I just need to say, I am not the neophyte this time. It's true, That's it's right. me. Danae right. is the neophyte this time. Yep. And then, um, you know, I, I guess uh, I don't know. What, what do we? What do we got? We have. Is it fanboy, fangirl, neophyte, or? I would say I'm a fangirl, but I did only watch it three times. I met, I really did try to watch it four times before yeah, yeah, yeah. this podcast, but unfortunately I had technological issues. So Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. I, I, I think we're, yeah, we could, we could roll with that. Okay. All right. Fangirl all we the way roll, then. We could roll with that. So, um, all right, cool. So, <clears throat> uh, of course, you know, as, as, uh, we listen to, um, you know, the, the things going on in the background, um, <laughs> that I thought were over. Um, so we apologize for weird noises going that, going on. Um, as we as we go through that, we're um, working on a time machine. Yes, that's right. <laughs> exactly. It's going through its final stages. We'll it let is. you know how it goes. It is. It is. Um, so uh, we're sending the dog back. <laughs> yes, we are. Um, so at any rate, um, so I guess we'll what we you know what we normally do. This is a a prime episode of uh, of of sharp angles. Of course, uh, we had um, we had our other um, our other episodes. The uh, last two were were flash cast where cl- flash casts. Man, I can't speak today. Um, where um, Jeanette and Danae um, kind of like took a look um, at um, you know either book verse movie or just simply like another movie that was outside of um, you know the the. A, a tangible set that would that would be a normal uh, sharp angles episode. Uh, so we hope you guys enjoyed those. Um, yeah, I thought they thought they were pretty cool. Look forward to some more. Um, maybe even you know like having me um, <coughs> get down in there and and, uh, and watch some stuff and, and talk to you guys. I actually just uh, caught up on uh, some Agents of Shield, so I might actually start uh, talking about that with with some people. Um, you know, whoever I can get to watch it. Um, and uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so so let's uh, let's kick it off, I guess, um, with the uh, the neophyte this time and see see um, how she fared with uh, with watching Captain America. So uh, take it away. Okay, so Captain America: Winter Soldier. I don't know. I'm I have mixed feelings about it, to be honest with you. Originally, when Rich wanted to see it, I said no, I didn't want to. It's really looks dark. It looks brooding. I'm not excited about it it looked you know all of those things and so Jeanette 
got on board and she's like, no, it's great. It's so wonderful. It's such a good movie. I'm like, all right. So maybe it's not as, and, and Rich thought it was awesome. He went to see it without me. Um, but I don't know how he felt about it, to be honest with you. You know, Cap is put in some impossible situations. He's now a man of the modern era. He is trying to maintain the integrity from a bygone time. And it just feels, I, I don't know, I, I feel like the movie was a little uncomfortable. And maybe it was intentionally so, but it was a little uncomfortable. Um, this idea that S.H.I.E.L.D. has been infiltrated by HYDRA, that it's always been infiltrated by HYDRA. There was never a time when it was not that the good guys are not the good guys. And actually, we've talked about this a little bit, um, Jeanette and I, in terms of our our book that we just read for book club and some of the post-apocalyptic teen genre choices. And it just makes me feel uncomfortable because Cap is still the good guy. Doesn't, doesn't That doesn't change. But that whole hierarchy that has been established in the MCU is literally exploded into pieces by the end of this movie and I, I don't know I just and and the other thing about this movie that I had a hard time with is I walked into it about five minutes in going that dude's a bad dude that's Bucky and movie's over like basically and so it's hard when a storyline is predictable I, you know, I have a hard time with that. Like, part of the reason I loved Iron Man 3 so much is because I had no idea that the plot twist was going to happen. And I didn't believe it at first when it did happen. So this was challenging on many levels for me. Um, so scale of 1 to 5, then? I don't know. Come back to me. I have to think about it. I've been thinking about it a lot. I... I I hate to do this to to Cap because he's so good and he's so noble and he's so wonderful, but I feel like I have to give it like a three point five. I I didn't I didn't like it as much as I thought I would. All right, yeah, that might be my second lowest score of the of the series. No, no, third. The two the two Thors, the Thors definitely yeah. got Enough said. I've uh, you hate those, those. <laughs> blocked those from my memory. Come on, why did the guy not have to wear pants? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I'm not saying you're wrong, Danae. I'm just saying you hate them. I do. Yeah. Basically, yeah. it's a waste of my time. And this wasn't so much a waste of my time as at times it felt a little tedious. That's all. And I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I just and and disappointing because this whole shield like paradigm is now shattered, literally shattered, literally shattered. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And okay, but then I guess the other question is what happens to the TV show Agents of Shield, which I'm sure ABC doesn't want to see go by the wayside. Uh-huh. You you find out actually. Okay. The beginning of the the end of season 1 <coughs> happens concurrently with the launch of the of Captain America Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. And um, season two is basically what happens, like the, what is the story of the fallout of S.H.I.E.L.D., which actually makes this, the TV show so compelling. That's sure. why I actually enjoy watching it, because to be honest, to be very honest, you know, a little sneak preview of anything that I would talk about S.H.I.E.L.D. on another uh, show about. I mean, 
Shield's first ten episodes are kind of awful. They are. Oh, they, I thought it was just the first four. It's no, the first ten. It's like 10? the first ten episodes are like just downright like they don't know what they're doing. Like they, they just they wait real quick. They as in the, the actors the or the right? Got writers. it. Okay. Yeah, the writers had no idea what was going on. They're like, oh yeah, yeah, we're gonna make a movie. It's gonna be great. We're gonna have Coulson in it because he's in those movies and everybody likes Coulson, right? You know. So it, yeah, I guess people like Coulson, but they just didn't know what to do. Like you know, they, or or they did. And no one got the, got what they were doing mm. until until stuff really started to happen. Until like you know like, um, the proverbial crap hitting the fan, um, and as soon as that happened, immediately the show became, oh, I have to watch this. I have to know what happens because, oh, did you see that last episode? Because that thing had to, you know the, the thing had something going on where you know if mm. if you look at the the uh, the bumper for for the next for the next episode. It actually affected something that it just watched in, you know, like Thor or, you know, like the, you know, the, the um, or, um, you know, just referenced something that happened in Captain America Winter Soldier or just happened, you know, just so happened to, to coincide with, with an event that happened in Thor the Dark World. You know, it's it just like, you know, like they start, they start like really hitting their stride um, and, um, you know, it immediately became engaging. Plus it had its own. It, it came into its own, and you then started like caring, caring about the team, you know, like not just Coulson, but the people around him, and then they start doing really interesting things with those characters, and that really becomes uh, something special, something special to watch. Um, but um, to be, to be honest, spitting back into Captain America: Winter Soldier, if it wasn't for that movie, and if it wasn't for that all that stuff happening um, to the the. Uh, the like I guess the internal MCU, um, I don't know if there'd be an Agents of Shield, because it's those core moments that happen that like basically shattered, and and created so much drama for Shield, that made the second season like it made it watchable. So, um, you know, it's it's something it's something that's pretty cool. Like something that you know if you enjoyed the movie and, and you enjoyed uh, Captain America: Winter Soldier then, you know, you can immediately go through and then just be like, oh, cool, well, let me see what happened. Because I want to see what, you know, like, explain to me why I should care about S.H.I.E.L.D., you know, after this event. Well, it, those 22 episodes tell you why you should care. Got it. So, <clears throat> it's kind of cool. Um, but, yeah, I guess, um, you know, like, for, for me, um, I don't even know what viewing number this is because I kind of went nuts after I saw it in the theater and watched a whole bunch of times and it came out on blu-ray i watched it like a couple more times after it came out on blu-ray and then just last night so um <clears throat> i mean i i still really dig it um the the weird why thing... why do you like it so much like I, I it's not that i i just don't understand i don't understand what's so compelling about the movie sure um i mean i, I like uh, i don't know maybe maybe it's cliche to do it you know, like or or like, really, it is fanboy of me to say, um, but I love, um, I love knowing that there is a big bad enemy out there um, that is actually, um, you know, like fearful and formidable and makes people that you don't expect to be scared scared, um, and you know, and and really like, and really has a, a twist, albeit you know, kind of a, a cliched one, you know. Yeah, it, it was kind of easy to tell where they were going with this. You know, the, this dude comes in and he's almost just as powerful as Steve Rogers, 
and you know there's stories that are out there that he's been around for 50 years killing people of course you're going to put together the you know that you're going to connect the dots and if you're a fan of the comics you know that bucky shows up anyway you know and as and the winter soldier maybe not as the winter soldier but he he does show back up in, as a in villain the, in the comics yeah actually um as a villain so i mean it's not really a surprise but you know it's kind of cool to, to to catch people off guard you know because they saw him as this crazy cool good guy and now he's like this brainwashed dude and it's but it's like he's sympathetic too because you know like in the end did he really want to be this bad guy no i mean he he wanted to be Bucky. he's kind of a droid you know yeah exactly yeah, I mean, yeah. He, exactly he, he he's like the end you know he's like eric selvig you know, the, the guy without pants, only, you know, he got turned into a super soldier and then, you know, continually had his mind erased. So, mm-hmm. like, he was a little more messed up and a little more emo yeah. uh, than he's, Eric he's Selvig. He's more of a victim than a villain when you boil it down. But exactly. he had a choice in some of that. He When they said wipe him again, he sat back, let them put the thingy in his mouth. He's super powerful. He could have taken all those guys out in the but room. after. But he's super powerful because this group of people programmed him, built him to be super powerful. He doesn't know anything else but them at this point, or very little else. Well, right, but and right. When he's having the flashbacks, it's clear that he's uncomfortable with what's happening. But mm-hmm. you know, there's an aspect of it that I'm like, well, why not just, why not just see what's going on, like. Cat's a good Stockholm guy. syndrome. Guess. Yeah. I mean, but you know, you do get that stuff towards the end. You get a little bit of his like, you know, he feels he fights him because that's his mission, because mm-hmm. he's programmed to do that. And and he knows that his mission is important. So he does, you know, he he almost mortally wounds Steve Rogers, you know, by shooting him. Um, but in three the times, end, right? He sh- yeah, he shoots him. Well, he, he, he like shoots first, him in the leg, and then he shoots him in the stomach, or the yeah. Yeah, he gets him in the arm, he gets him in the leg, and I think then he gets him in the in the gut. Yeah, you know, and then that's like the oh no, is is you know, is Captain America going to die now? Like, you know, and and when I saw it the first time in the theater, I start I started thinking to myself, I'm like, oh shit, this is really early to start doing this, you know, like is you know, it, it, this could be this could be really happening, and I'm like, okay, well, I guess you know. Falcon's going to get a shot or, you know, Bucky's going to turn around and, you know, like, cause, cause both of those, those characters at one time or another in the comics have held his shield, um, have held Steve Rogers shield in his stead. Interesting. So, because you know, it, he does eventually die. Right. Um, I don't want to know that. <laughs> Cap's my boy. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, uh, um, there is a major comic event in which Cap is indisposed, let's say. Like is this ma- one of those things where he dies, but then he comes back? Like, I mean, you mean pull a, pulls a Nick Fury? Yeah. Or a Superman? Yeah. Um, maybe. Um, it, Let's face it. Like, I'm not going to read the comic books, so yeah. just put me out of my misery. He comes back, right? It, yes and no. It's, oh, it's weird. It's it's really weird because they're doing crazy things to the Marvel comic universe right now. Uh-huh. And it's very unclear as to what is actually happening. But... Yes, in something that is going to be directly tying into Captain America 3, Civil War, um, there is maybe a major event that will happen that will lead to the in-cinematic death of Steve Rogers, the character. I will hate them. Um, (laughs) But there is heavy rumors that say the writing team 
doesn't want to go down that path. Good. Because the Marvel <laughs> comic universe is changing, and they're redoing Civil War right now. It's actually happening right now in the comics mm-hmm. again. Um, and they're taking all sorts of different paths. So the Marvel Cinematic Universe team has plenty of stuff to take. So they might actually rewrite that whole stuff and go a, du- a different direction just to dupe the fans. Okay. Well, and we will know more if um, Chris... Oh, if Chris Evans doesn't sign Chris his... Evans. If he doesn't sign his contract. If he does yeah. or does not sign his contract. Yep. How old is that dude, by the way? Chris Evans? Yeah. I don't know. We can we can look it up as a, you know as, as somebody else is, is going on. But I guess maybe, like, you know, to wrap up my, like, you know, like my, my whys, um, you know, why I liked it so much. Um, I'm a sucker for um, conspiracy theories and mistrust of, you know, like superpowers and or government entities or something like that. And this movie literally was that the story, like that the movie. Um, I am so looking forward to saying my piece now. Uh, Continue, though. So, you know, but but it's like, you know, it's it's really I mean, it was it was really kind of like you know, thrilling for me to watch a superhero movie that took, like, the enemy of the state approach or the Patriot Games approach mm-hmm. or, you know, like, the clearing present danger approach. Well, I mean, it's not doesn't have anything to do with the president dying or whatever, but, you know, it, it, it's like that. Like, you know, like a, a good, solid thriller that just so happens to have superheroes in it. I'm like, that's awesome. You know, they're good for you guys to actually take these, like, majestic superhero super fantasy like you know power trippy guys and put them in a situation where the things that are happening around them could actually affect real people and are affecting the superheroes in almost the exact same way and there's nothing anyone can do about it you know to to like literally have you know like what what is built up in the last what seven movies as the stalwart of of justice and truth to be ripped to shreds in front of the very symbol the, the man who is that symbol of that truth and justice, it's just, it's crazy. Like, you know, and then to go th- through that with the character, it's like, a, it's like a, it's a, it's a great ride, you know, regardless of what happens and the outcomes and the, you know, the cliche things that happen because it is a comic book movie. And th- there are a little bit of problems here and there with the, the way the storytelling went, but I'm still with it. You know, I still, I still really, really enjoyed the ride. Um, and I'm in the, you know, I'm in that, I don't know. Like, I don't know if I could really iron it out and and um and give it a hardline number, but I'm in I'm in the that four or five camp, you know, like plus or minus two, you know, like plus or minus two point, you know, like point two five. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm in that. I could go from four point two five one day to four point seven five the next. Okay. You know, depending upon how I'm feeling about the movie. So I guess I'll just land at four point five and just call it a day. Um, but but it it was awesome. You know, for for me, it's still it's still a good movie. This particular viewing, though, um, interestingly enough, was one of those days where I'm like more 4.25 than than most. But um, but I still remember feeling like all that awesomeness, which makes me re- you know remember the higher the higher the higher feelings, the higher scores. So I would actually agree with you about about going mm-hmm. up and down 0.25 on this because yeah, yesterday I was like oh, okay, you know whatever, but. I remember my feelings when I watched it in theaters and now I approached it as a complete and total neophyte to the whole entire Marvel Cinematic Universe. I had not watched any of the other movies before. The whole entire reason why I went to watch this movie was because a friend of mine who is uh, 
or has been into comic books at least, she's like, oh, I have free tickets because she gets free tickets to everything. Oh, I have free tickets to see, you know, Captain America. Do you want to see it? I'm like, okay, well, there was a one before this, right? So am I going to be missing everything? Oh, no, no, no. The first movie was, was really boring and long and you don't care. No one cares about it. Like, okay. So, you know, free tickets. I go with her and everything. And I loved it. I really, really liked it. And I think part of the reason why I liked it so much is, again, I remember very vividly my thoughts, my feelings watching it. And I remember thinking, what the heck? This is a Hollywood production and it is so pro-America. There were just, and obviously it's Captain America. But again, I didn't know anything about this cinematic universe beforehand. Um, and I remember thinking, did, did that character really just say that? Did that character really just say that? Did, did that really just happen? Was that really in the script over and over again? And so that was really rather nice. And even after going through, you know, the last seven movies, let's face it, most of the other movies do have little digs here and there against, against for, I guess I'll just come right out and say it, against my personal belief system and everything. And this one did it. In fact, it was so on my side the whole entire time. And mm. I rather liked that. Yeah. I really, yeah. really liked that. And also, and I don't remember if I, if I knew this beforehand or after the fact, but regardless, I learned at some point that in order to make this movie, the script writers were like, okay, so what should our plot be? What should our focus be? And they pulled the public and asked the public, okay, what are your biggest concerns right now? And the public said drones and government surveillance on, on uh, citizens. And they ran with it. I'm, yeah. I'm not saying it wasn't a pretty good plot. That's not what I'm saying. I guess I just... It was a disturbing it, plot, it though. Was, right. It was yeah. upsetting. It was unsettling. And for someone like Cap, and I, and I liked the Captain America movie, you know, the first Avenger. I did, too. It was good. Like, and I like it partly because... You get a lot of Cap, well, you get all of Cap, really, in in the time of Cap. You know what I mean? You Sorry, get, I'm not snorting yeah. at you. I just had all of me start playing in my head. 13-year-old boy. <laughs> um, and so you you get Cap in the 1940s, and it's it feels very patriotic, and it feels very inspiring, and it feels all of these things, and there's hope, and there's... You know, when they, they cut off the head of Hydra and, you know, of course you get that ominous, you cut off the head of Hydra, you gr it grows two more. And, you know, flash forward 70, 70 years, 70 years, 75, 70 years, flash forward 70 years Dang. to the end of, you know, to the mid 2015, if we're going from the end of World War Two and well, 2014, 2014. OK, so. 69 years then um, and you get this sense that this evil that Cap thought he conquered it not only was never was eradicated but has become a pandemic within an organization that was developed to to protect the people, to protect the people. and, and that that's a pervasive evil right, destroying the people right. and so Right, and that's how it's, it's depressing. It's depressing, and it's really close to home. Yeah, you know it. It does. It yeah. it feels like that's how 
governments and religions and all of those things are in in a larger sense. And again, and I'm not disagreeing with your assessment there at all, but I'm with Rich here in that I I don't exactly trust government. In fact, okay, I don't trust government, period. Um, and neither party, just for the record, I'm not bragging on just one. But but I don't I don't think any of them are doing any good with the power that they right. have. And again, this movie portrayed my thoughts and my feelings just as if they had pulled me personally. It 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 does. It feels as though they put a spotlight on something. But I don't know that people believe it enough for things to change. So, you know, at the end, so they have blow up the helipad or, or the whatever that we're going to target people and cause the the public to succumb to Hydra, however that was going to work. That wasn't well fleshed out. I don't know, understand how the three million people were going to tip over the the side to Hydra. That I didn't understand that plan at all. And maybe it was because I was a little like antsy and so I got up a few times, but they were just going to kill well, people, problematic individuals. Well, the, yeah. And everyone else was supposed to fall in line after that. Right. Like they yeah. were the people who wouldn't rock the boat, who were going to be left behind. So there were only three million people who were left, who were left to rock the boat and everybody else was going to just follow no, blindly. They, they were going to kill a minority of the world's population and but, everyone else would follow along blindly, which unfortunately I don't think is inaccurate. But... And I know, like, the algorithm d that was developed was developed in order to predict who would cause trouble yes, and who wouldn't. based on past, uh, past Based on behavior. past right. behaviors. So I get it. But in extraordinary circumstances, people who wouldn't necessarily stand up, stand up. and Or at least that's my hope. You know, it happened in the American Revolution and it happened in, you know, the World Wars. It happened in lots of different places. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, extraordinary individuals always rise to the occasion. Mm -hmm. Eradicating those three million extraordinary individuals doesn't necessarily. Um, but it does make it easier for the right. bad guys. And, significantly you know, doesn't, doesn't, so. You know, like, it's sort of like killing somebody's spirit. You yeah. know, like, you you. It's there's a very stern had, warning shot. <laughs> right. There's nobody to stand up if everybody's too afraid. It's the same thing the Nazis did. Yeah. You know. But it's the same thing most bad guys do when you think about it. But it's. Or they lull people into this sense of complacency. Like they feed them garbage through the media and, you know, and, you know, care, care more about a lion in Zimbabwe than babies in America and those sorts of things. Oh, and, snap. <laughs> um, you know. Not to get too political, but... No, but Katy Perry's outfits are more important right. than or the what's going on in the, pol uh, right. the political world. The, or or the humanitarian world, like, yeah. you know, with humans, with human beings. Yeah. Um, so I just, I don't, I don't know how we come back from that. And Cap didn't give us any real answers. Like, this, this movie didn't give me any answers. And but well, I guess for me, and again, when I watched this movie, I had no plans on watching any others. Now I knew at the the end of it, I was like, if there's another Captain America coming out, I will totally go and watch it in theater. Um, but but now that I do know everything that I know, I'm really looking forward to the cliffhanger ending to a large degree, emotionally speaking, um, because I want to see where they're going to take this. Okay. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I don't know if this helps or or not, Danae, but you know, at 
I mean, the the answers were in action, I guess. Sure. You know, Cap became the answer. He's like, well, you know, things are dire. There's only three of us. The heck with this. We're stopping it. You know, right. And, and, you know, and then the superhero blockbuster comes out. Right. And, and you know. And in that moment, in that speech, in that time of patriotism in which he comes on the loudspeaker and he inspires a group of people that weren't under a Hydra, you know, weren't aware that they were under Hydra's um, orders rise up and but most of them die and and maybe that's how it works in situations like this maybe that's you know it's it but like there was like some that was the other thing there was maybe before this is the first time that you've seen the the casualties of one of these terrible terribly fraught battles up close and personal because like in the Avengers, it's a bunch of buildings and those sorts of things. And you get the people screaming and running away, but you never see that up-close personal, you know, slaughter. There's no other word for it, right? right? You know, right. Yeah, you, no, there was, the body count was high in this movie. It yeah. was very high in this movie. Yep. And, and actually, a movie, any movie before it and any of the movies that I've seen after it didn't have those kinds of casualties. Right, yeah. And, you know, and that's... And, and, and in some ways, does it make it better that they were alleged soldiers or whatever? I don't know. You know, Cap certainly tried to give them that sense, that instill that sense of, like, you guys duty are soldiers, honor. duty, honor. The price yep. of freedom is high, but I'm willing to pay it. But And he paid a heavy price. I mean, he got badly, badly injured. Mm -hmm. yep. But he still walked away. There were dozens of people that we saw up close and personal that didn't yep and 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 even like and even some that you guys didn't you know like the you know getting getting back to that other that other side where there is even more answers for your question about what what the heck happened at the triskelion when shield fell um there are literally like two and a half hours Proceeding and two and a half hours following that are not in that movie. Interesting. You know, that are literally all just here's more content, here's more content, here's, mm -hmm. here's like, you know, when that, when that room blew up, when uh, Emily, uh, what's her face? Van Camp. From, Van Camp from, you know, like she was revenge. on Revenge. Um, when that scene happens, there are two other characters in that very room that wind up on as regular characters on the the uh the television series will they be back for season three some <laughs> of them might be some of them might not be okay. you're making me want to watch this even though i know that the first 10 episodes are miserably boring yep yep you, you can literally just skip them i don't yep. know if i could just go go on netflix and just start at episode 11 i my my brain is too one. orderly i need to see the backstory oh my goodness it's but, it's really bad but it's speaking so of terrible <laughs> So terrible. <laughs> I watched half of the first episode and thought Rich was watching some sort of student film or something. Like, <laughs> what are you watching? And he's like, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? I'm like, no, not happening. So in other words, the only reason why it survived the first 10 episodes instead of being canceled like it should have been was because of the fan base. Well, and I The think automatic it, fan base. Right, the yep. automatic fan base. Yep. And I think... There was a little bit of more, though I th I think Agent Carter was much better done. 
Um, but there was a little bit of that sense with yeah. Agent Carter too. But she she got yeah. renewed for a second season. Yep. And um, well, and even there was there was even nuggets of of clues and and stuff in, in that Agent in that Carter. in Agent Carter that directly relate to some of the actions that happened in Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because you you find out actually that um, that the guy who winds up being the brain yeah. in that computer room. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in Agent Carter, in the very last episode, I think. Yes. Um, last he, he winds up getting broken out of the... the well, he wasn't broken facility. out. or No. He was in prison, but he said, this is America and it's the land of opportunities. Oh, yeah, And yeah. He, he's in prison. But okay. um, it's... Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. It's, Agent, not, it's not him. There was another one. Sorry. Agent Carter was... We watched it. It's a hard thing, and maybe we can do a flash cast about it. But that's a little gruesome, too. The body count in that is quite high. Yeah. you know, And you see a lot more in that show than you necessarily would in one of the movies because they're trying to keep their ratings or the, the, um, the rating as low as possible so that people bring right. their kids. Right, right. You know, so you see more because it's you get that whatever M for mature. I actually don't even know what Agent Carter is rated. Maybe yeah, uh, Agent Carter. I think yeah. it's, uh, I mean, it might be, it might be TVMA. TVMA um, that's but right. I, everything I, is these days. I don't, I don't know if it is though, because it is Disney and I don't know. Yeah, it, it might be, be might be TV. Thir- TV 14. 14. I think yeah. it's 14. Yeah. I would imagine it's 14. There's no way it's anything less than 14. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely not E for everyone. Or well, whatever it is. For, yeah. I'm thinking of game ratings, aren't yes, I? Yes. If, if I can bring in a different backstory real quick, though, and I am not trying to attack your, your position whatsoever. I'm not, I'm not saying you don't have a right to it. I'm just a little bit confused, today because, okay, so you, you were really taken aback by the somber tone and the, all the deep, dark soul-searching and everything by Captain America 2, correct? Not taken aback. I just didn't want to but watch disturbed. it. I... I so I think of Cap and I think of this guy who's super patriotic and, you know, all these things. And it's funny because I think in Avengers 2, which you haven't seen yet, no. um, they're having a conversation at the bar. He's drinking a beer. You know, they're talking about Brooklyn and how he can't afford to live there anymore. You know, even in the 40s, he could. That's where he was born and raised. And, um, you know, something about somebody says something about saving or do, I don't remember what. And he looks at her and he goes, only God saves man or something along Aww, those lines. You know, very, I love him. <laughs> very, very, very 1940s morality. Very, you know, like very proper, very, you know, like and he, he and Black Widow have a conversation in the car. The, the, one of the highlights of this movie is, you know, they have a conversation in the car about whether she was his first kiss since, you know, I think 19- he lied there. I absolutely agree. <laughs> since 1940 some odd. And, you know, and, and I, which just makes him still a virgin just for the record. <laughs> we had this conversation <laughs> yesterday in whispers while we were watching the movie. Um, but I, so putting Ca- Captain America in or Steve Rogers, however you want to view him in this moment in the modern era and giving him a big, bad, you know, very modern, mm-hmm. very, very scary, very, very intense villain to fight that is technology based more than anything else. It's just like it feels like he can't win in some sense. Like he, he, he you know, so uh, maybe maybe in that case, you already answered my question. 
But before my confusion came in, because I feel as if Iron Man 3, which obviously, you know, predated Captain America mm-hmm. 2, was very deep, dark, soul-searching, soul-rendering, soul right. even. Um, and and the same, the same emotions, the same, like, absolute confusion, and I don't know what in the world to do with my life. Right. I am so confused and out of my element. And, yes, the body count was not as high. Yeah. It just wasn't. But but I feel as if the though. basic emotion was the exact yeah. same thing. Yeah. The the parallel between the two characters is there. It's just that I feel like, but it's Tony Stark. But versus it's Tony Stark. Steve Rogers. And I feel like he's in some ways more equipped to deal with those situations. However, he's not, and so this is the thing. So, Steve Rogers does what needs to be done mm-hmm. because that's just sort of his mentality. Tony Stark is sort of a pampered prince and he ends up unraveling much more than Steve ever, ever does or ever will. Um, But in some ways you never expect that of cap, you know, he's never going to unravel. You're never, you're not going to see that he's the stalwart hero. Tony Stark, you don't know whether he's going to jump ship at any moment. Like, yeah. you, like it would not surprise me if one of the storylines is that all of a sudden Iron Man is, you know, Dark Iron or something, you know, and, and it's just... Well, wait, the upcoming Civil War, though, that's between well, him and Steve Rogers, Or at right? least and it Cap- was at some point. Okay. Um, who knows now, okay. but, you know, they definitely... I hate have, that idea, just for the record. They I definitely really do. have <laughs> different ideologies yes, and different attitudes. And so I'm okay in many, many ways with Tony fighting his demons. Because mm-hmm. he needs to. to. He needs to. Yeah. He has so many of them. And to see that happen, it feels like a victory. To put Cap against this modern era and everything that happens. Just, just mean. It's, it just feels cruel yeah. and, and well, unfair and like a fight he's not going to be able to win in a large sense. And there, there I think, is my issue with the okay. movie. Well, is, is it even worse that when he finally it was like, all right, well, I'm going to start to gain traction mm-hmm. on, on this, you know, this big bad element because mm-hmm. I'm still I'm so out of time. And then you realize, then he realizes that the big bad is like literally his best friend. Yes, yeah. and, I and think that's that like that, what that is uh, uh, above all things. Any other way for that to have worked would have been so much better. In in my mind, in terms of plot, it's I guess more compelling to pair him against Bucky. Yeah, it makes for you know this very emotional end scene. It you know where. You know, Bucky basically lifts. Oh, he lifts the scaffolding or the the sh- yep. ship from, so that Bucky can escape. And he, he, instead of finishing his mission, like Cap dares him to, essentially, he leaves. And and at the very end, at the very cut scene, at the at the very very end of the movie, we get Bucky trying to figure out who he is. Right. right. And, mm-hmm. and, but, but it, before then, you know, everything happens, you know, he, you know, you, he cap saves his life and then he watches Steve fall into the water. Right. And then falls in with him and pulls him out. Right. And you, you know, get and that. He saves his life. Right. You know, as a, as a, as a, like a token It's like, right. Oh, I get it now. Right. We are, we are best friends. We right. are, we I don't are, know if I go that far We do though. that until the end of the line. Because then, then he walks off though. But he walks he off. Saves him he saves because him because he's conflicted, but he's right. still not quite sure what's going and on I, here. And yeah. I think 
to some degree, he saved him, not because we're best friends, not because I remember you, not because of any of the, these things. Maybe I have a flash or two. Maybe your words rang a bell when you said, I'm with you to the end. Right. But that's not why he reached in the water and saved him. He reached in the water and saved him because Cap could have left him to die. And he right. didn't. And so right. he paid that back. It was like honor, back, honor right? on the battlefield. Honor on the battlefield. He paid that back. Right. He, they're even now. Mm-hmm. They're, they're even. Cap let him fall. He doesn't remember that. Or d- couldn't do anything about him falling. Tried his hardest to save it. He survived the fall. Whatever. He comes back. They are square. Steve saved him. He saved Steve. Mm-hmm. Done. You know, the sleet is wiped clean. So whenever they meet again, if he's still the Winter Soldier... Right. And the mission is what the mission is. Mm-hmm. See, that's yeah. an interesting take because I had a I had a rather different one in which he's like, okay, I have absolutely no idea what side I'm on, so I'm covering all my bases, emotionally speaking. Right. You know, so I don't have to feel any guiltier than I'm already going to when I figure things out. And he pulled him from the water, but he didn't save his life. Exactly. You know, he that's pulled true. him from the water so he didn't drown. Yeah. But he didn't bring him to a hospital, and he could have. Yeah, you know, yeah. he just leaves. Well, he just leaves. Yeah. You know, so there, there's this sense that we don't know what side Bucky's going to land on. Right. You know, is he right. still going to continue to be the w- Winter Soldier? Is he going to morph into something different, and, and perhaps even more frightening than the Winter Soldier? Yeah, possibly. I kind of feel as if he goes rogue going forward. Yeah, and that's a possibility too, which may be even more scary. Mm-hmm. Than being controlled by, by a system, you yeah. know. Yeah. I think I'd rather be rogue than controlled by a system. But well, yeah. But when, is it more scary or less scary? Right. I don't know. That's I genuinely the, don't. You know, I'd rather go rogue too. But when you've been, when you've been, when you've done so much for a, a system, for an entity, whatever, and. Then further moving forward, go back. And if you start to remember or start to realize what you once were and you go rogue, where where are you going to land? What side of the coin are you going to land on? You yeah. know what I mean? And yeah. and how do you reconcile those two things? Yeah. Do you just chalk everything up? Like, I don't have much hope for him, to be honest with you. And I could be proven very wrong. Right. But 50-50 for me. Yeah, I, I don't. I think that he's he might be lost. Yeah. Well, well, it it is possible, cap. but... I mean, it, you know, I don't know. I mean, for the, I guess the, uh, the hopeful side in me hopes for, you know, his redemption and, you know, you know, that we see, that we see him, you know, like really, you know, at least finding his way on the, on the good side of things. Because, I mean, to be honest, yeah, at the end of this movie, um, you know, Hydra's down, but not out of the count. Mm -hmm. Um, but, we don't know exactly up to this point what happens to Hydra, what happens to Shield, what happens to all that stuff. Um, all that stuff actually gets right. fleshed out later on in um, Avengers Two off- now, offline and, right. and on and in you know offline on the TV show and then in, in, in Avengers Two and and we that, see more of that. So it's interesting because I've definitely seen these movies out of sequence to a large degree. That you know I I saw some of them in sequence and some of them wildly out of sequence. So mm-hmm. this put some pieces together for me that I, I didn't necessarily need, but it made a more complete picture for me. Yep. And so that was helpful. You know, it, it makes sense why you're dropped into the middle. So just to give you a heads up, cause we're two movies away now, three movies We are away? two movies away from Avengers, Avengers two. two. Cause it's, it's guardians, guardians of the galaxy and then Avengers. 
Okay, Age you're right. Of Ultron. Right. And, and so then, yeah. um when we are when holy moly, wow. Yeah. Um when we are dropped into Avengers 2, like the the opening scene is the Avengers running around destroying Hydra bases. And like I right. didn't know that Hydra still existed. Yeah. Like, but you know, I just sort of rolled with it. Yeah. Well, and, and they're destroying a specific Hydra base, the base that's shown at the end of this movie. Right. And the one that the one that you get in the cut seed, the cut the the cut scene before the end of the credits, the mid cut scene. Yeah. The so mid, the mid credit scene. The mid credit okay. scene. The Hydra oh. the Hydra people in the base, and they go find the miracles in air quotes. Got it. They're really mutants, but they oh. can't call them mutants because of something that we can talk about now. Okay, uh-huh. I am so looking but, forward to having all this explained to me. <laughs> yes, um, but um, but yeah, it, in that mid-credit scene, you get introduced to two characters that M- Marvel comic fans know uh, as Quicksilver and the Scarlet Witch. Um, those two characters in the Marvel Cinematic Universe are mutants, um, and when they are first introduced in the Marvel in the Marvel comic universe, they're introduced as like basically sons and daughters of one of the most powerful mutants in the Marvel so X-Men we're talking and the, yeah the okay. X-Men. Mm-hmm. Um, and more specifically sons and daughters of Magneto himself oh dang no way um, yeah in, in the in the House of M uh, comics is that explained in Avengers uh, Avengers no. No, no because because there's a, a rights war going on Got that it. Fox yeah, Fox. Fox owns the Fox, Fox Studios. Right now, now I, ro- I know rights to X Men, and so they can't use yeah. any of the X Men. Yep. So, so how they explain it, you know, is that these, what they said, bury the bodies so deep that they'll never find them, is that these miracles are a result of um, experiments, genetic experiments, rather okay. than anything else. But yep. in Avengers two, they don't use the term miracles. They no, they they, use, they start they start. Leaning towards uh, enhanced. That's it. Um, Thank you. And then the enhanced. They yeah, the them. enhanced, and then which is the the code word for what becomes the Inhumans uh, later on uh, in the in the TV show because they start calling uh, everything that it that is close to a mutant. Mm-hmm. They call them all enhanced for a long time in the TV show, and then all of a sudden there's a switch that's flipped because the Inhumans, which is a separate side story of enhanced people that's in the Marvel the Marvel comic universe is actually going to be a movie um, and they started introducing those characters in the TV show so they're kind of like lumping them in as a as an out for them in case they can't get the rights back from Fox uh, because Fox still has two or three movies left to to you know to c- keep making uh, X-Men movies to keep their rights to them um, okay I just have to say I am in absolute awe of these writers who keep everything, everything in line. Like, I have no idea how in the world they they do this. I've written two series and I'm clueless. I'm absolutely clueless because they are juggling so many plot lines and characters and, and TV shows versus movies and yet still making everything connect. And to me, that is so extremely impressive. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's crazy, you know. And, and every step of the way, you know, you wind up seeing something as a fan 
or, or hearing about something that's going to come up soon, and then you're like, I have no idea how they're going to deal with this. And you yet know, they like, do. Right. Well, I mean, let's case in point, right? Let's go and back to the time that this movie came out, Captain America Winter Soldier, knowing that Captain America 3 was already announced as Captain America 3 Civil War. Um, there is a key component of the Civil War as it was in the comics before they did the revamp in the summer that was missing because, again, they didn't have the rights to another character. Um, so, so everyone was speculating, well, how are they going to do this? Because the character of Spider-Man wasn't owned by Marvel in the movies, movie universe. They couldn't make a Spider-Man movie, and Spider-Man's a key component of Civil War, so what the heck are they going to do? Well, they, they bought the rights from Sony. Oh, my god! And now he's going to be in Civil War. Spider-Man, the new Spider-Man, is actually going to debut in Captain America 3. But it's not going to be Andrew Garfield, right? Right, no. Because he was terrible. Yeah, they're going to get some, <laughs> other, to some other guy. They were, they were talking about the kid that was in Ender's Game. Um, it, was like a, it was like a younger kid. But I, I don't even know if that's true anymore. They might have actually found somebody else. So um, they they are not going to do yet another origin story for Spider-Man. Nope. That's not going to happen. No. He's, he's been established. People, I mean, if you haven't seen the five movies that exist with Spider-Man in them as a, as a main character, then, I mean, well, I guess you'll get introduced, like, halfway into a Captain America movie that, oh, th- by the way, there's another major Marvel character, and he just happens to be the most recognizable one of the entire universe. Again, it's mind-blowing how they do this. Well, and I, think I, that, I can't wait to see it. I think that money and power have some to do with it. And I think yes. that's creativity, creativity, you hire the best writers. But I think yep. if that were your job and you were assigned as the Marvel team, I'd be able to do it. OK, again, though, I and I am a major big fan of, of Jim Butcher mm-hmm. and his Dresden Files series. And at this point, I believe he has 15 out or at least I've read 15. He, his 16th might have already debuted. But I am constantly going, how in the world did you connect that so well with in book 13 that happened in book two? I mean, this is over a decade of writing that he's done this and still fits everything in perfectly. Uh, For me. And again, I mean, I'm a writer. I should be I should be able to to wrap my head around this, but. I can't because it's just done so well with so many plot lines. Mm-hmm. I, I can't wrap my head around that. I just can't. To me, it is rather awe-inspiring. I, I, so you know, maybe you're just better a better writer than I am today. <laughs> yeah, we'll go with that. No. <laughs> um, More logical brain. I don't know. I think it's, you know, having a concrete grasp of your storylines. And I think some of it is going back and rereading, too. I think you have to... Or rewatching, like the beauty of these, at least, are that you you have some visual media to go along with it, whether it's the right. the comic books or the movies that you can go back and reference things, you know, and True. and so and, what and cool stuff to go find too, right? And what you, what you we'll go back to that in a minute, but what part of your job is enabling characters to come to life on screen, and so you have the ability to sort of manipulate your writing in terms of doing sitting down and viewing it, you know, not every writer like you and me get to go and watch 
what they've created. And I, and I think that that's, that's a gift in some ways. Agreed. Agreed. But as I remember, we've had conversations about writing different genres and everything. And you told me that you would never want to do historical fiction because you would be too limited, restricted. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And to me, all of this canon that comes before each movie that debuts or around it debuts around or within or something that is very limiting and yet at the same time convoluted as anything but i also think it has to do with passion you know like you know and and so you're saying i'm not passionate enough is that what it is no (laughs) like you i'm totally teasing you have a passion for connecting the dots in history and you Mm -hmm. can do that very well better than i could ever do but these people, their passion is passion is that the comic and books. So you do that research. You you find those archives. Okay. You do all of that. You can connect things. Maybe maybe not in your more modern stories, but you can connect historical details to your characters okay. and link them beautifully, as as effortlessly as as it takes to write something like that. You know, you know, it is fairly effortless for you. It would be torture for me. So I think that this I, this idea that, you know, this linking, you could never do that. That's a blatant falsehood. It's just where where your passion is for being able to do that, too. As always, Danae, you provide a an inspiring and fascinating perspective to consider uh, this from. So thank you. I, I mean that, though, really. That was a really interesting way of looking at it. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. But we... Uh, stuff to go find you had said i I wanted more insight on that oh all right yeah i mean it's it's a known fact that um these these directors and and you know set designers and producers they toss stuff everywhere in these movies for like the you know the the hardcore the hardcore fans to go and look and find and screen grab and you know, when the DVD comes out, go frame by frame through the movie, coming through. For, Who has time for, for that? For that like, sounds so much fun, though. There, there are seriously people that do that, and oh then like goodness. you know, and they'll find like all the crazy things that are you know that are in there. Some of them are more overt than others. Like you know, you'll you'll wind up hearing about um, a character. Like mm-hmm. for example, there is a direct reference to a movie that hasn't even been made yet, but didn't get announced until after Captain America Winter Soldier. There's the scene where the character who plays Falcon um, confronts that one guy on the phone. Um, yeah. Like the, like the, uh, the helper. It's an awful nice tie. I would hate to ruin <gasps> oh, it. Oh, yeah. yes, yes. The so, senator. Isn't he a senator? No, well, he's, he's part of he's the like, shield. Yeah, he's, oh, he's okay. like a shield operative that's, you know, on the side of Hydra. Okay. Um, oh, you're dies. right, you're right. I'm thinking, but there was a politician. Uh, yeah, there was a politician connected to that guy. All right, exactly, I'm getting my exactly, characters mixed yes. up. Okay. Yeah, the uh, one with the bulbous nose. Oh, yes. Black Widow's hair. I was I I've been <laughs> thinking about that for ten so, minutes. <laughs> so so yeah so um he gets thrown up on the roof and they start like you know questioning him like what's going on like you know how does the algorithm know like what is the plan mm-hmm. you know like all this crazy stuff where they're trying to find out what they what they have to do and he name drops Stephen Strange which is a character who becomes Doctor Strange, which is going to be a movie that, that's in the Marvel Cinematic Universe in Phase 4, I think. We're in Phase 4? I think it's in Phase 4. Because um, I think Doctor Strange gets introduced before Avengers 3 or, or after Avengers 3. I'm getting my dates mixed up, but you know he's either a, a going to be introduced in this current 
phase, the phase after Ant-Man. Mm-hmm. Or he'll be introduced later. Okay. Um, but, you know, that's one, that's one reference of, like, 12 that happen in Winter Soldier. Um, that's that cool. Are, that are, like, little tidbits. And they all have them. You know, like, um, in, um, you know, they were, most of them were saved for the bumpers. Like, for example, in Iron Man 1, you know, like, Iron Man 1 starts directly referencing Thor. Mm-hmm. You know, like, the, the, the one that we missed um, and skipped um, Incredible Hulk, you know, to references back to Stark that sets up events that happen for the Avengers. Okay. So, um, oh, just for the record, I was at the nail salon and I ended up suffering through most of that movie. So I counted a scene and I give it a negative two. Wait, the Hulk? Uh, the Incredible Hulk? The Incredible Hulk? Yeah. I mean, it was pretty bad. But I, not the Ang Lee one, right? Not where people no. are jumping out of pages and no, no. So you have weird freeze frame transitions. No. Or no, he's a no, strange no. man, that Ang Lee. Ang Lee is strange. Um, uh, no, no, the one with Edward Norton. Edward Norton and, okay. and Tim Roth. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right. Negative two. Negative two. All right. Dang. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you, I, would you would you classify that movie as an abomination? Yes. All right. Ah, ha, 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 All right. Ha, ha, good. Ha, ha, good. 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 Because the was, villain, the name of the is villain is the abomination. The, Tim Roth uh, played the villain, okay. and his name is the abomination. Okay, come on, come on up. So, yeah, because he, he gets injected with the same serum that uh, that Banner, uh, well, Banner got direct gamma radiation exposure mm-hmm. to turn him into the Hulk. Um, they made a serum out of Banner, okay, the, the government because they were trying to like weaponize the Hulk, mm-hmm. um, and they wound up in you know getting this one guy who was like kind the of general. Yeah, he was a general. He was kind of, like, messed up in the head, but he, like, really was, like, passionate about, you know, like, taking down the Hulk by any means necessary. So he winds up injecting himself with the serum and becomes this Hulkish creature, but it's, like, nowhere near, like, the Hulk, like, actually is kind of, like... Hulk-like? Uh, he he looks yeah. like a lizard Hulk. Yeah, like, you know, he's got, like, scales and, like, yeah. sharp edges. And, like, and, a like a pointy tail. Yeah. Wow. It's very strange. Yeah, yeah and it's crazy. Sounds like a reptilian alien thingy. It kind of is. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, he sort of actually looks like the reptilian alien thingies from Avengers 1. Kind of, yeah. 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 But yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> okay, and, negative two. And negative two. Or the and frost giants or whatever. No, the ones. No, the they're ones. They're Cree, right? Aren't they I don't Cree? know. I don't remember. Uh, I, don't, uh, I think they're Cree. I think you're right. Yes. Yeah. So. Back Black to hair. <laughs> back to um, our oh, yeah. current storyline. So Jeanette and I were talking, and Scarlett Johansson was filming two movies simultaneously. I can't remember what the other one was. It wasn't uh, Lucy, was it? It might have been. Might have okay. been. It might have been because she definitely has straight hair in that. Yep. No, I don't remember. IMDb hair. Um, right. But it was a it was a movie in which she needed very short hair. I believe. I think that this is the discussion that we had. I vaguely remember this. She did a short hair for the the movie that she was in concurrent with, um, with Iron uh, No Captain, Captain America, America Winter Soldier, and so either they gave her a wig for the movie that she was in, or they gave her a wig for this movie, whichever one. But it was very straight and red because she's only ever been a redhead in the Marvel mm-hmm. MCU movies. Um, it had to have been Lucy. It was, but because yep, that came out, that came out directly after. Uh, Captain America, so they, they must have been filmed in tandem. Okay. And um, she was blonde in that. Oh, she maybe was. that's what it was. It was yep. she was blonde in Lucy and redheaded here. Yep. And so one of the two was a wig, right? Yeah. Because they couldn't have dyed her hair back and forth no. for both movies, right? 
But if this was a wig, don't you think Disney could have paid a whole lot more money for it? Because her hair was terrible. And here, I'm going to just state right now, I think that she is really quite a knockout as a general rule. And she looks good in any hair color, which most women cannot say. So I am not being a catty little, you know, whatever person, individual, when I say that she looked horrible in this movie. Yeah. Just absolutely horrible. Yeah. I would agree. And the only time she sort of looked good was when her hair was mildly wavy when yes, she stepped exactly. out of the shower. And exactly. Of course, she always has to step out of the shower. In these I movies. never thought that she had an unattractive nose until watching this movie. And I'm yeah. like, she has a really unattractive nose. Her hair was not well balanced <laughs> no. with her facial features. It really wasn't. And so she she's she just needs more hair. It was than irritating she looking at her. Yeah. She needs more hair than she had. Okay, wait. What's is that, that the new Spider Man? This is Spider Man, Tom uh, Holland. Huh? By the Tom way, Holland. okay, yeah. I could see it. Yeah, yeah, I fell down a rabbit hole looking up Scarlett Johansson, <laughs> okay. and then I was like, "Oh yeah, let's see." And I was like, "Oh, they have a filmography for Cap Three, okay. and there he is." So I could see it. So yeah, that's that's sort of my my biggest critique. Well, not my biggest critique of the movie, but but my second biggest critique of the movie is Scarlett by, Johansson. By Scarlett Johansson, a better wig. That's all I got for you. I mean, you have basically unlimited funds. How much could a good wig cost? Uh, and also, this is Hollywood. Let's face it. They do amazing things with makeup, and yet she still looked horrible. Mm-hmm. And she's a beautiful woman. How in the world they mm-hmm. managed to make her look so bad, I have no idea. I, think, I, I really do feel as if that's a talent in and of itself. Maybe they were trying to make her look ubiquitous enough to pass for, like, hipster at the mall i don't know no whatever i I just think like she could have managed that with a you know on the go curling iron in the car or something but yeah oh yeah Yeah. her hair is short and blonde and lucy and she looks so much better she does and i would imagine that's her natural hair i think actually she showed up for award shows in that hair okay um during that time but but she really does look gorgeous as a brunette as a redhead as a blonde and yet they still managed to make her look horrible yeah it was but wait wait (laughs) I the have wig more. was too flat. Is 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 uh is not just Disney um guilty of the same thing. Hold on. Ready? One, two. Oh wait, who is that? Scarlett Johansson. And Lucy. Huh. I yeah. still like that hair better though than, than, the, than the red wig. Than the red wig. Okay. She looks like the, the one of the main characters in Orange is the new black and that black wig. Yes, she does. Um she still looks better. I think that well, I think that bangs suit her to some degree or another, mm-hmm. and she had no bangs, and I think she needed some volume to balance out her more prominent facial. It just facial hung there, right? So she she needs it fluffy, like yeah, it's just she a needs little more body. Yeah, yeah. Buy her a better wig, Disney. Come on. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she looks yeah. gorgeous. Again, she's a beautiful woman. She really is. Yeah, and and I don't care what color hair she has. Like I I don't it doesn't bother me. Mm-hmm. You know. Again, she's beautiful any color, but it cannot just hang limply no. like curtains beside her face. It just doesn't work for her. No. You know, no, I've said Again, not trying to be catty. This just really irritated me. Yeah. It was part of the reason Jeanette was like, oh, I have to look at her stupid face. <laughs> I believe those were, that's an exact quote. Like, I don't mm. remember, but your memory is much better than mine. So I'll say sure. Why not? So from now on, Black Widow has to have shorter just better, better hair. Better hair. Just, just better just hair. More, Any more hair volume. other than that one. And actually, in Avengers, her hair is very good. Yeah. I, she has more... more v- Avengers and Avengers 2, I believe. Let's look her up on Avengers 2. Yeah, all right. 
Yeah, we should post the and Iron Man too. And are we, we going to have like a sidebar where we rate Scarlett Johansson's <laughs> hair? And yes, all the Marvel that's movies? kind of awesome. Yes, really I catty, think. but awesome. <laughs> I think so. Flash cast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when has Char- Scarlett Johansson's hair been best? <laughs> I'm really wondering right now if people are tuning out. <laughs> <laughs> Like, oh my gosh, will they just shut up about Stop Scarlett talking about hair? it. Stop it. <laughs> You've said it enough. Make you it didn't stop. lick your hair. We get it. Yes. All right. Oh, sorry, folks. What movie is that? Is that Avengers 2? Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. so much better. Yeah, totally. So much better. So, body Disney. Yeah. Please buy her a wig with somebody. Please. I beg of you. <laughs> All right. What else? Anything else for our discussion here? Um. Well, okay. Speaking of Scarlett Johansson and getting off the caddy track. I did I did like her character development where with her tussled hair, okay, back on the caddy track. Um, but she she's having this moment and Captain asks her, Are you okay? And she's just like, you know, I thought I was going the straight and narrow mm-hmm. when I joined Shield yep. and guess what? Looks like I've been working for the bad guys all along. So what in the world am I doing with my life? Well, and so it's very interesting to and how that ties in. So, you know, I had no backstory going into Avengers 2 aside from the first Avengers and um, Iron Man 1 and 2. I think those were the only two that I had seen and I hated Iron Man 2. Um, so she she becomes completely and totally consumed with making sure that she's making good choices for the the only people she knows she can trust. And so she is, um, there are a few people that end up, um, you see more of why that is. You get more of her backstory about why. So all of these pieces, again, fall into place with her and you get sort of the horrors of her childhood the true horrors of her childhood. And and then, to be honest with you, if you can tie that back into Agent Carter, you get an even deeper look at how systemic the problem of where she came from is. Because the, uh, See, the, now you're making me want to watch Agent Carter, which I'm not happy about. <laughs> Why? Because Agent Carter irritated me. I watched the first episode, and I was like, no, this is not for me. Because she was too perfect. It irritated me because she was too perfect, basically. Oh, she is definitely not perfect. No. The no. first episode portrayed her as... Oh, yeah, because, you know, they needed to sell you on the character. But they did the exact opposite for me. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, so. She's pretty flawed and makes many mistakes. And she is still pretty kick-ass in, in just about everything. that yep. She's very capable, but she just does not... She does not handle herself well in all situations. Okay. And, and there's a lot of messiness. And actually, I don't know that a lot of the messiness gets cleaned up. And um, and Chad Michael Murray of One Tree Hill. I don't know <laughs> <if you're>... <laughs> <laughs> okay, now I really have to watch it just to see so what kind of character he plays. Well, he plays a big dick, actually. That's and a shocker right I, there. I, don't, I didn't watch One Tree Hill, so I don't know what kind of character he no, played. No, I think on he One was Tree... supposed to be a heartthrob. Yeah, I, I, I mean... I guess he's, I don't know, he's blonde-haired, and I don't care for him. But, he looks um, like a boy band. He looks like the whole entire boy band but, in one person. But it's so interesting, because he embodies this, like, misogynistic 40s man, mm-hmm. and he does a good job of it, I will say. And uh, an ego trip 
like an ego that cannot even be in the same room with you. It's so large. Dang. And so he does a really nice job and stealing glory. And like, he's one of my favorite characters just because you like you to love dislike to hate him. him, you know, and he's on Peggy's side for the most part. He's on Peggy's side. Um, but he's more on his side. But he's always on his side. Yeah. And oh, yeah. so, and then you get the nice guy who's, um, is he the one who's in a wheelchair or No, or he's got a limp. He's okay. got a limp, yeah. He's got a crutch. He sustained a war injury. And actually, that's interesting. So... Does she he become sa- her husband? She says... That's exactly the question I was just going to ask. She says something in um, in Cap 2 about the man who becomes my husband. Is it that, that man? Um, it might be. I didn't catch the name. And I don't remember his name, to be honest with you, from Peggy... From Agent from, Carter. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember it either. But it's very possible. Mm-hmm. He's very sweet. He's really he seemed like an absolute sweetie yeah. pie. I liked him. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I will. I will give Agent Carter another try, and maybe we can do a podcast about that. Yeah. yeah that's fine. Yeah. We, we actually just finished it up. Uh, me and Danae. Okay. Six episodes, I think. Okay. Six or eight. Yeah. Okay. It's a short season, and it's going to come back next year. Um, the same amount of episodes. Yeah. So yeah. so the way they're doing it is it's the there's the Marvel movie season. And then when the Marvel movie season is over, um, you know, after like the DVDs come out mm-hmm. um, for the summer movies, um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. starts up. Okay. And then goes for 12 to 13 episodes, mm-hmm. goes on a break for the, the winter. Um, Agent Carter picks up for those eight episodes in the, in the middle. Oh. And then, and then as soon as Agent Carter is over, she, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. comes back. To finish out the season, to lead directly into the movie See, season. See, once again, clever planning. Yep. So clever planning. It's, it's continuous uh, Marvel to the face. Yes, yeah. yes, it is. It's just brilliant. Yep. And it's brilliant marketing, too. My gosh, these it's, people are good at taking people's money. It's crazy. It's <laughs> crazy. I mean, and they're great. They're great at getting advertising dollars, for sure. Exactly. Because they're, like, literally, after, you know, after, you know, this, this month goes by, you know, from people going to see the, the current Marvel movie that's still in theaters. Is it still running? Oh, Ant-Man is still running. And, and oh, Avengers, Ant-Man. Avengers uh, is, still, is still actually still in the theaters in about, I don't know, it's like, it's under a thousand seats now. It's under a thousand theaters now. It's probably in like the two to three hundreds oh, okay. uh, across the country. So, you know, but, you know, every weekend, I'm sure that there is somewhere around the area where you could go to a theater and still see Age of Ultron. Um, and that won't stop until... Um, I would I would assume it would be like September first, and then there's a lull. Well, you can't you wouldn't be able to see Age of Ultron for for 30 days, but you could see Ant Man for those 30 days, mm-hmm. and then right after my birthday in October, October second, the Avengers Age of Ultron comes out on DVD, and by then uh, Agents of Shields is back. So okay, get that okay again, so, brilliant. Yeah, it's crazy. I'm very impressed. It's crazy. Yeah. So, but um, but yeah, I mean, I guess you know, the, speaking of tie-ins and stuff like that. Um, we always do that that one thing towards the end of the episode where we talk about impact um, in the greater screen, you know, the grand scheme of things in the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. You know, does Captain America Winter Soldier need to exist? Yes. I mean, I, I, yes. I think it's unanimous. Yes. Because yeah. you get the, the Hydra backstory there that you don't necessarily have to have 100% to see Age of Ultron, but it's important because their their goal is to... That, you know, going into um, Avengers 2 to decapitate Hydra for good, then you get 
you also get the Infinity Stone put in the blade that you need for Avengers Two. No. Well, you get you get um the scepter. The scepter. Um, you know, Loki it, scepter. Is, Loki scepter is is on Earth. Yeah. And, it, and is held by them. Right. Um, you know, and, and that, that's that's a, what, that's a relic of Avengers One. That mm-hmm. right. Yeah, I and, remember that. And that's what they take in order to create Ultron in Avengers Two. Yeah. Is that right? Um, well, they they use the they use the in they use that scepter, but they don't know its power. So they start experimenting right. with people, which winds up in air quotes creating Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch. Okay. Um, because they've they've been experimenting for so long, trying to re- you know suck the power out of this staff. But what they don't realize is there's more to the staff. That you'll wind up seeing in Age in, in Age of Ultron, that critically it actually um, winds up becoming almost um, something that becomes the antithesis of of, of Ultron. Oh, that's right, that's right. Um, that's... Because another character is introduced that winds up use, wielding the the power of the staff. Yeah. Well, and here's in, the thing: I'll take way, your word so. for all that in a heartbeat. I have no problem accepting any of that, and I agree that even with my limited knowledge. Yes, this movie was completely necessary to the larger the larger yep. plot line. Yep. My only objection, I actually only thought of this at the end of watching this movie. Sure. Was my my biggest concern with Iron Man 3. Where the heck were the other Avengers? Obviously, you got right. Black Widow. Yep. But really, this is right. kind of big and would affect Tony Stark. Right. Although he could be being his typical selfish self and, right. you know... Ignoring everything, yep. but so you could make a case for wh- why he isn't around, but I still want to know where in the right. world you know right. do 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 Mark Ruffalo right. is. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, and and that's it. You know, the same the same thing. This global catastrophe in Iron Man three. This fairly global catastrophe. I mean, in Washington D.C., our nation's capital, this one-man terror squad running around, very similar to the one-man terror squad in California. Now, maybe they're happening simultaneously, and we don't, right. you know, we don't realize mm-hmm. that. And that might be the like, picture that they're you know, trying the, to paint. That, right? They never hint at they, it, though. No, they don't. They, yeah. but, that that you know, might be a, a flaw. Yeah, right. Um, <gasps> they're flawed. Wow. Okay, so they so, are human. <laughs> so, but you get these these terrific villains and they mm-hmm. are terrific villains you know yep. and and you get that like they don't just have a vendetta against cap or, or tony it is i mean tony it's makes at it least very national personal, if right, not global right, right. Yep. tony makes it very personal when when you have a global agenda when mm-hmm. you have a globe you know like then that's why you call all the Avengers. yeah that, you're right that's absolutely true mm-hmm. and there was a point in the movie where i almost turned to you and said that but then I just forgot or something. But yeah, it, it's true. You know, when you, when you have villains on these scales, you need a team. You know, mm-hmm. obviously, you know, a great personal cost cap, and to some degree, Tony, there was less personal cost there. Um, they are, were able to thwart said evil, but you know, it would have been easier with a team. It would have been true. That's true. I mean, the only other thing that I'll say, because again, even in, even in Thor, the Dark World, um, there are so lame. That, yeah, um, so lame. This that being the, ex- the exception, maybe not the rule to to the um, to the point I'm trying to to to, to make. 
there there wasn't really any other Avengers running around there either. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but they have but a team. But that was a different world. They, right. They, it's a different world. And they have a team. They do have a team. Like, Tony was at it alone yeah. in yep. Iron Man 3, like completely yep. and mm-hmm. utterly alone. And Cap, well, uh, Cap not, at least, I mean, he still had Nick Fury and he still had Black Widow. Right. So again, it's not as much of a stretch for this movie as it was for Iron Man 3. Right. right. But th- I still am like, okay, where the heck is everyone else? Because they, it's not even about how he should have help. It's they're being affected, right? And therefore, right. they right. should be in the storyline. Right. Well, that's, right. that's at least true. mentioned. That's true. That's very true. Um, like, give well, me a there, reason why they're not there. Yeah. There, there was actually even a a uh, direct reference um, to Tony Stark in in the in um, uh, the Winter Soldier as one of those Easter eggs, because um, when the the last um, when the last uh, which we call it. Um, Helicarrier. Mm-hmm. When the last helicarrier actually get, goes active, um, you can see the targeting system goes up mm-hmm. and then starts like you know like looking at people and it goes into New York and it goes into New York City right. and it Stark and Tower it, and it's mm-hmm. you know it finds somebody in Stark Tower, which we're we're all assuming is Tony. When I think they mention his name at one point, yeah, they also. do. Yeah. yeah, well, they mentioned there's like Stark Stark Industries logos on on yeah. something. Well, that's actually. Um, the, the repulsor engines were developed by Stark. Yes. Um, you know, like that kind of stuff. Um, but another thing to look at is maybe, just maybe, the, the writing team was taking Captain America and Iron Man and starting to set up stuff for, um, for the, uh, the things to come. Okay. Um, where you get introduced very gently to other characters that make major contributions to the storyline. So you get a lot of Iron Patriot in Iron Man 3 and you get a lot of Falcon in Captain America Mm -hmm. the Winter Soldier. Who is a great character. Right. Well you you get another direct reference um, to something that Captain America says a lot in the comics Um, even though it's kind of like funny uh, the way that they 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 did it in the the movie after the next in in in, mm-hmm. in the, the almost the very end of Age of Ultron and the one that I'm looking forward to you mean yes <laughs> so <laughs> so um so you'll end up seeing those pieces start to kind of like click together okay. a little bit um and maybe that's their intention you know they're taking away the 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 you know the spotlight off of the mainline Avengers because well, maybe there's some new guys that are going to come in and they're going to be a major part of phase phase three or phase four. And, you know, you won't know that until you actually start seeing um, all that stuff happen on screen. So, I mean, it, maybe, you know, like I'm not trying to make excuses for the writing team anyway, mm-hmm. but, you know, like, because uh, to be honest, I would have liked to see some kind of flyby thing or, you know, like, you know, they're all, they all had to have been running around doing pre-production for Avengers you know how what how hard would it have been to just throw one of them on set for yeah. you know a couple of, hey guys uh you know love right. to help you out with this thing but I gotta go beat this other guy up so and see we ya. get we get a cap cameo in Thor the Dark World come that's on true. that's true that's come very true come on you that's know very true. yeah the, the Loki thing Chris Evans does fantastic in you know as Loki the Illusionist loved that part yeah. awesome. best part of the movie yeah. 
Legit. That's I could wa- I could watch that on repeat for probably an hour yeah. and still giggle. <laughs> Legit. That's awesome. Best part of the movie. Oh, speaking it of... It would be better if that played continuously than for, the whole movie. For an entire hour, 50 minutes. Yes. Yeah. Speaking of, of Loki, um, when we go offline for... Um, for like our, our little pause, um, remind me about Loki and little children, and I will have to look something up on YouTube and show it to you guys. Okay. okay. Yeah, it's pretty hysterical. Sounds good. Awesome. Um, so, s- coming up next, perhaps even this weekend, yes, we have Guardians of the Galaxy, That's it. and <laughs> then we are current, folks. Yeah, we're we're, we're current to the season. And then we just got to do, well, I mean, it, technically it's two more. It's Avengers, Age of Ultron, and then Ant-Man. Ah. And then we have, oh, we're... Which is the worst name ever. Ant-Man? Yes. Yeah. Not um, impressive. I get yeah. it, but it's still not impressive. But, I mean, Ant-Man is the one that actually excites me uh, as far as sharp angles is concerned. Because we get to walk into a movie and I'll be neophytes. Mm. You know? Okay, fair enough. So, like, we, we hit, what is it, movie... 11. It's the 11th Marvel movie, and then we'll finally be, be, be in there. Wait, is, Ant- is, is Ant-Man out right now? Yeah, it, it is. It yes, is, okay. It's right now. Okay. So, so we probably won't get to it until after. Um, it might, yeah, we might not see it until it home video release. Okay. So, or on demand or whatever. Okay. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited because, uh, because then it's, you know, it's, it's new for all of us. It's new for all of us. Uh-huh. And then we can go and, and start diving into those other things that we were talking about earlier, like, you know, doing another series, mm-hmm. you know, getting into Star Wars to prepare for episode seven, you know, getting getting into maybe the, the DC continuum. Um, to, I'm still saying Jurassic to, Park. If, yep. if we're watching Star Wars and we're doing Jurassic Park. Well, hey, we can we can definitely <laughs> do that. We've got the Chris Pat, Chris Pratt connection. Uh, yes. You yes. Know, we can talk about who some. apparently is good looking. I don't know. I mean, I, I whatever. <laughs> allegedly, allegedly, yeah, al- allegedly. Yeah. Um, and then we've got um, you know, like you know, the DC continuum right up to uh, Batman vs Superman. Yeah. Which so is you actually mean the one really, movie. Which is yeah, Batman. which is really easy because we'll just Two watch movies. Man of, which Man of Steel and then Batman vs Superman. I don't I don't do Superman movies. They're too uh, depressing. We got we get we gotta do it though. Uh, we gotta do it. Rich, you're killing me here. We you're killing me. So you have to counter offer. I'm gonna counter I'm gonna come up with something really good to counter that. Well, there you go. I hate Superman movies. Man of Steel is magnificent. Yeah. I hate and them. Henry did, Cavill did is so I don't know. So, so, Dark so, hair, blue eyes. So right so <laughs> right here him. right here on right here on pod, on podcast right here. Have you actually seen Men of Steel? No. No, I have not. All right, cool. And I well, never then, wanted to. <laughs> then, then, you know, like, again, remember how Sharp Angles was actually, came about. Oh, oh whatever. Don't throw that in my face. <laughs> <laughs> sure, use logic. Fine, whatever. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a good time, although we could have some wicked conversations afterwards, I'm sure. Um, I think Danae will just be swooning the whole time. No, it's a great movie. I really like it for its content, too, though. There is. I mean, it's fantastically, fantastically um, terrifying at times Mm -hmm. in in the same way that in in actually many ways is the the same way as uh, Iron Man 3, this like faceless villain that's terrorizing and, you know, like. It's it's really 
yeah. fan, like a great movie. If yeah. oh, if Rich said we had to watch Superman Returns, I'd I'd veto it. And with see, you. that is what killed my right. no. Superman. Yeah, yeah. No. It was that movie does awful. not exist. That was horrible. It was awful. Yeah. That was so that movie horrible. Does not exist, even yeah. though. And I loved. I grew up on the Superman right. movies. Yeah. I yeah. loved. I in fact, Danae and I watched them together. Yes. And in there her parents' living room, yep. I loved them. And so I went into that movie, Superman yep. Returns, being like, "Oh, this is wonderful," and was just crushed. Yep. Yeah. My so, childhood was just demolished. Yes. I mean, so I'm a little bitter. I will flat out admit. I will also admit that I there is at least a fifty percent chance that I will be eating all my words if you guys successfully force me to watch Man of Steel. But no. I am not looking forward to it at all. all right. But I will tell you that I had the same feeling. And I, this is how much I liked Rich, that I went and sat through that god-awful movie two times in one night. Yeah, Superman uh, Yeah, yep. that, then, this, is, then, this was one of our dates. But yeah. I mean, we were seeing each other at that time. And, and, then, and then that happened. And I went, I went to see the movie twice in one night and wished. I don't think I could love anyone that much. I did. I still do. I mean, obviously, I still do. But uh, it's one of those things. I was like, I'd be like, "Sorry, babe, go watch it yourself." <laughs> and the second viewing was even more painful because yep. we went to go see it at the Franklin Institute in the Omnimax Theater, oh. and they have the most god awful, uncomfortable <laughs> seats on the planet. I'm convinced of it. Yeah, it was. I haven't been there and so long. And it's like a three painful. and a half hour movie. It felt like it would never, ever end. Yeah. yeah, I don't think I could love someone that much. Ever, <laughs> ever, never Rich, end. you've got a good woman here. <laughs> I, I know, I, I know that this, I'm a lucky man. <laughs> I, yeah, no, that, so that happened. Um, but when we went to go see Man of Steel, I had the same, reser- the same reservations that you did, because, mm. except that I find Henry Cavill very attractive. Eh. And so um, it was less of a, a prod to get me to go see it. And I walked out of the theater thinking that was a fantastic. Like I said, I'm prepared to eat my words. I'm just not looking forward to the process of eating my words. It's all all good because, I mean, to be honest, I'm deathly afraid that we're going to watch we're going to watch it and you're going to be like, oh, man, man, it still is awesome. You know, and it's right around the corner for BBS. Let's go. Let's and, go see Batman right. vs Superman. We're gonna walk into the theater, and then we're gonna do a podcast after we see Batman vs Superman. And you're gonna see this man very angry. <laughs> I already hate the idea of Batman vs Superman, but then again, I've also sworn off the Batman movies yeah. because to me those are so dark and depressing. And you know well, what? Get out of my face with that yeah, stuff. <laughs> I mean, Chris, Chris Nolan went some pretty yes. crazy dark places, but I mean. As a as a fan of comic book movies, like DC has my heart more mm. than Marvel. Mm. Anyway, oh, now you know you that. Know, even even me being a fanboy here for for the the eight episodes we just recorded, like me gushing about the Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, DC like definitely has my heart. Superman's my favorite character of all right. time. You know, and and Batman was cool to me, but you know, like I I wanted something that was maybe a little more gritty. Uh-huh. I saw Batman Begins, and I'm like, all right, this guy Nolan, he's got chops. I loved Memento. I loved um, all his other movies. I saw The Following. I saw um, The Prestige, which is fantastic. Wait, The Following was a movie? I'm yeah. thinking. I'm yeah. Okay, I'm was, thinking was, about uh, the TV show. No, there, there was a there was a movie called The Following, okay. and it, it was a black and white movie. It was a really kind of it's actually kind of creepy, but that's Nolan style. Mm. Um, but then you know, post you know post uh, fan, you know not fanfare, but post like you know like almost. Like 
Hollywood memorial of Heath Ledger uh-huh. aside, I went and saw Dark Knight, and I was, like, blown away. And I'm like, wow. Like, someone just literally took that kind of content that, that you know, like, up to that point, poppy, pulpy, you know, comic book, super crazy fantasy, and grounded it so much in reality that it was like, that... With, with just a hint of that fantasy, with the, just a hint of that stuff that's so fantastic that it actually couldn't happen, that almost really could happen in real life, like right now. Like, you could see that story just play out and go, okay, I could probably watch that on a 9 o'clock news. And for someone to, to do that with that kind of material, with that kind of crazy character, was like, you know, in the time that it came out as uh-huh. well, yeah. you know, based on everything that was happening in the world, like, that was just, like, mind-blowing. And then, you know, and, and then after that, you know, for you see it, you know, Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises and you're like, and I refuse to watch that one you know, altogether. It's like, it's like okay. I mean, it, it's, it's fine. It's, you know, like if you've, you know, like, well, for, for Danae, Danae, you've watched Age of Ultron mm-hmm. and Captain America Winter Soldier. This is like, you know, like baby right. steps for, for movies, the movie for right. Dark Knight Rises. Okay. Um, and, but the only thing that I'll say to counter it is I really appreciate Nolan's work. I think he got into his own head in this movie mm. and Dark Knight Rises is suffers for it. Um, the character of Bane played by Tom Hardy was cool, but overdone. And the his his intentions were were too muddled in whatever Nolan was trying to say about society as a whole and Batman's character in in um and uh oh my god I can't even remember his name right now um Christian Bale's portrayal uh-huh. um it just felt like he was almost done you know like too done too soon like you know like yeah I, yeah, I got to play this guy one more time in this movie so I'm just gonna get it over with almost and it, you know the whole movie suffered like that and it's like man after such a crazy like just show-stopping performance you get to this and you're like well all right it's a comic book movie and it's kind of cool and the story makes sense but i don't know if i want to watch it ever again you know like it's one of it's one of those kind of things so i i mean i i feel you i think I don't know if you even should bother watching Dark Knight Rises, just, you know, like, other than just I, satisfy your curiosity on a rainy day. No, I have you know? no curiosity whatsoever, mm. and I will tell you why. I I do consider myself a realist. In fact, mm. I'm one of the most cynical people ever <laughs> that ever walked the face of this this planet. And yet I still believe in hope. And the, that second movie had none. Yeah, Absolutely 1,000% none. So number one, I find it unrealistic. And number two... You know what? There's enough depressing stuff out there. I don't need my entertainment to be that dark, depressing. Let me go kill myself after watching it. Yeah. yeah. You know? Totally. Yeah. 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 That's just, no, that's I not, it. I don't consider yeah. that entertaining. Right. And I like a wide variety of, of fiction, mm-hmm. whether movies or books. Um, yep. If you saw my bookshelf at home, I have a little bit of everything on my shelves. Yep. And, and the same goes for my movie collection. And yet still... That just does not appeal to me at all. Yeah. Because no. there's no hope. Yeah. No, I, I hear you. I mean, well, let's just hope that, you know, people listening, maybe people that are working on DC Continuum stuff, if you ever happen to hear 
our our little our little show here. Um, please don't do that to the DC Continuum. Yeah. You know, like, like, I, I Stop being jerks. <laughs> I understand that, you know, like Zack Snyder's vision for the DC Continuum is to have it be just a tad more adult than the Marvel Cinematic Universe. You know, like it you can know. be adult, though, and still still not that dark. Right. Well, and I, I, I agree. And I think you got glimpses of that in, in Man of Steel. Like Man of Steel is still very serious in nature, mm-hmm. but there's there's elements that are like fantastical and, and, and kind of like more, more, more lighthearted, but without necessarily the snark of Tony Stark or, yeah. or, or yeah. you know, like the straight up comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, it felt a little more, a little more self-serious mm-hmm. and that's fine. I could, you know, if you want to take, Hey, DC continuum, take yourself seriously all you want, but you know, entertain, you right. know, yeah. a, a, as well as in, as, as in, you know, like a maze. Well, and I will admit, my favorite genre is action-adventure. So, you know, Indiana Jones, Mm -hmm. um, and that's why the Marvel Cinematic Universe does appeal to me, because it does have that snarky sense of humor, and yet it's still action-packed and kick-ass and all that. Mm -hmm. Um, And... And again, DC, the, the DC movies that I have seen so far are just depressing. Right. right. It's just nonsense. I don't even I don't even care if it's all unicorns and rainbows and puppy dogs <laughs> at the end, because, again, that's not necessarily realistic. Life isn't always like that. Right. But just don't have it so dark that that I really want to go, you know, just lock myself in a closet for the next 48 hours or something. No, no, no that's so. true. And we have so. gone so far off topic. My God, no, that's all right. I mean, we well, always do. We I mean, always do. I mean, I guess it. You know, you know, bringing it bringing it back in. I mean, it's this. You know, hopefully discussions, previews of discussions that we'll have. Mm-hmm. You know, like you know, as as we as we move forward with the show. Um, and, and I would say that Man of Steel is the same level of dark as Iron Man three. Okay, um, see, I yeah. I can handle that. That's fine. Yeah. And and. There is some light humor in it, not a, not as much as Tony Stark, mm-hmm. because I mean, Soup is always the straight man, you know. Like mm-hmm. he, he yeah. I think actually he has the most personality. Henry Cavill, maybe I'm biased. Um, <laughs> he has the most personality out of any of the Supermans, perhaps. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. Rich has a bias towards uh, um, Christopher, Christopher Reeves. Reeves. Um, yep. So especially actually Christopher Reeves in, in Superman too. Which is why I like Man of Steel so much because it's the adult version of the childhood okay. movie I loved. Got it. So, um, but I I think that I think that there's the same. So it's equal footing. You get you know this hero that's haunted by his past, mm-hmm. you know, to some degree or another. Some things that he could have stopped but didn't. Um, this finding out who he is really and how to and and does he rise above what he's being told or does he succumb and and it's a really classic hero story in many many senses and and it's great it's great filmmaking it's great storytelling it's great just in general i think um okay fine but i'm still not looking forward to it (laughs) (laughs) and i think amy adams does a great lois lane and i think morgan freeman does a great perry um Morgan yeah. Freeman is a great everything right. he plays. Yeah. <laughs> is it I get that right? No. Perry, Perry White. Perry White. Yeah. Perry mm-hmm. White. Yeah. And Amy um, Adams is no, adorable. I like it's her. not Morgan Freeman though. It's a Lauren oh, Fishburne. Sorry. Lawrence I, that was yeah. me. Um and and Henry Cavill, well, his yeah. I've already said that. And uh, 
And Di- uh, Diane Lane is yep. great as Ma um, Kent. Ma and Kent, yep. and Kevin, Costner. Kevin Costner plays a fantastic Pa Kent. But, and, yeah. and I will admit yeah. that, I mean, awesome cast right there. All very talented actors and actresses who who know how who know their craft essentially yep. yeah, so yeah. that does not surprise me one bit and if you look at amateur hour and superman returns you know you had brandon ruth who was new to the scene you had yep. some chick that i don't know no it was all the writing it was all the writing yeah. it was that was the, the worst the, plot ever but the yep. only veteran actor that we got was really that played a huge role was kevin spacey yep and he did a fantastic Lex Luthor. Let's face it, he was spectacularly creepy, but it just wasn't enough to carry the movie. You had this these amateur hour for this, you know, basically godlike hero, mm-hmm. and and it just didn't work. And it was some of the writing too. The writing was amateur hour too. So the you writing know, was like, atrocious. It was yeah. it was just not not. It was bad. It was bad. It, it was bad. bad. Yeah, and that which is why it took almost ten years for another Superman movie. Yeah, yeah. that's true. So. Yeah, I mean, it re- it really hurts it. It really hurt it because DC or, or Warner was actually hoping that Superman Returns was going to be the first in a set of series that will that would have formed the DC continuum before the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Right. They were actually ahead of the game, but they got they got crushed. Fail. Right. Yep. Yeah, they got crushed, and then you know they need they needed to backtrack, but the Nolan movies weren't enough to to start a, a, a footing to introduce other characters. So they did do very well. In the they theaters. did absolutely well. Um, but they, you know, but they weren't enough to, to widen because Nolan's storytelling was so tight knit mm. for just, it was like, no, this is my vision for Batman. I'm going to do these three movies. And then I'm at peace, right. you know, even though he actually came back and helped the writing team for Man of Steel. Okay. Um, so, yeah, but, um, but yeah, um, you know, I but guess on that note, yeah, we yeah. should probably wrap up. I think this might be yeah. our longest show this yet. This might actually <laughs> indeed be the longest show yet. Um, and I need pizza. Yeah, Me too. We, we need pizza. My belly is rumbling. Mm. Yeah, we need pizza <laughs> and we need, uh, you know, we need we need some, some, uh, some further entertainment some, some to comment on. Further entertainment about a man named Quill. Yep. And, uh, oh, that's going to be a fun discussion. Yep. I, can, I cannot. I'm li- really looking forward to this. <laughs> you know, the um, glee in Rich's voice. I know you so, can hear it, but the, the so smile fun. on his face is basically, it's, it has encompassed his entire yeah. jawline. Fan yeah, boys and girls, be prepared to hate me. Because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, oh, man, we're, we're getting there. We're, we're getting real deep into the cinematic universe, into a galaxy far, far away, almost, uh, with some Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, and that's going to be that's going to be coming up next. Um, actually, probably hitting the feed this weekend directly after this posting. Woot um, woot! So, so yeah. with you know, oh. so look forward look forward to that awesome discussion. Um, <laughs> hit us up on uh, on you know on the, the the internet. You know, send us some emails at. We'd seriously um, love to hear from you guys. Yeah. At uh, sharp angles at baconicecream.com. You know, send us emails, uh, please. Um, and uh, hit us up on the Twitter. Um, it's, uh, it's sharp angles, B I C. Um, so sharp angles are one word with B I C at the end. Um, you know, tweet at us. Be like, yo, guys, you know, like what you're doing, hate what you're doing. You know, you shouldn't watch Star Wars. You should watch <laughs> something else. Yes, definitely um, say we shouldn't watch Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm going to say right now, I'm sorry, guys. I mean, 
you know, as far as I'm concerned, that decision's already been made. <laughs> the die has been cast. <laughs> the die, the die, um, already gone long enough to let it go. <laughs> so, um, so well, we'll uh, we'll see you, you know, in I guess a little bit um, yeah, after we uh, after we eat some pizza and take in some guardians. So, uh, I'm uh, I'm Rich. I'm Danae. I'm Jeanette. And uh, we'll see you next time on Sharp Angles. See you guys. Peace out. Boy Scout. <laughs> <laughs>